Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Game Dev's Quest, your once weekly uh, podcast falling to Game Dev Scrubs and to Game Devdom. We can do it, you can too. I'm Red. I'm Taylor. Welcome back, baby. It's yep. been a while since we've had uh, one of these, uh, just us, right? Like, I guess like last time we recorded, it was just us two, it was uh, before the election. Yeah, yeah we had Crass, Crass and uh, uh, Watery Tart, <laughs> Chris, and... Uh, <laughs> And then we had Kurt, and we talked about the demise of democracy in America. <laughs> yeah. So uh, things are looking good for democracy. Um, so that's a, that's a good thing. I mean, yeah. somewhat. We had 100 plus Ameri- uh, Republican congressmen uh, vouch for uh, <laughs> a Supreme Court judgment on overturning the election in. Yeah. Yeah, and that worked out really, really well for them. No, I know, but it really just it just shows where the where we're headed. It's not it's still not in a good place. We're not we're not healthy. Nah, dude. Uh the three Trump Supreme Court appointees are um deep state shills that have been basically sleeper agents this whole time. Um you see some of those uh comments on Reddit that I shared on Twitter. <laughs> I don't I don't know. One of them was like, one of these people was like, yo, like, what if Trump knew the whole time? Oh, I did see this. (laughs) And like, by letting it get to the Supreme Court and like letting it just tank, did we, this was the only way he could expose the corruption to the world. I was like, yeah, like that's. (laughs) Like, you got it, buddy. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Like no way on earth is like a simpler explanation more likely. You know what the. The simplest explanation is is he's doing the same thing he does with everything else. Uh, he's grifting everyone. I heard that the all of this post-election stuff he's taken in two hundred million dollars and only spent ten of it. So yeah, well, because he puts out his emails where it says like, you know, hey, we're losing. Do your part and give me money. Right. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, yeah, it's been entertaining and sad to watch. Um, but, hey, you know, who knows? We're still here. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow, they, uh, our state's electors cast their votes, and theoretically, they cast as uh, designated per the election results, um, which is, like, so weird and outdated and some states do allow for faithless electors which is like one hope uh that i know a lot of people had i had it in 2016 2017 as well um uh but it didn't go that way back then and i doubt it's going to go that way this time uh, because they do face fines and fees and stuff if they do it right um yeah however you know the way that they're raising money like who knows so um i don't know you know um um yeah, unplugged from it for now. So I am too. Yeah, as, I, I got as soon other as things the, to worry about. <laughs> right. Yeah, as soon as it was called for Biden and the first couple of like recounts and stuff that went through, I was like, all right, <laughs> I don't, I don't need to waste my space on on this anymore. 
Yeah, you know, as they say in the Dota community, GG, no re. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so it's been a while. So, uh, you know, uh, it's it's good to get back up here and and hang out. Um, Yeah, man. We also had a a game jam since then, um, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I think like the grand scheme of things, like we were really hoping to hop in and like talk about but uh, we never did. Well, yeah, we we had planned on doing it, and instead of doing it, we podcasted with Crass. So. <laughs> oh right, yeah. But, that well, that's fine. It was. it was it was a fun time talking to Crass and Crass yeah. And Chris. But that said, OMG Jam Eight was uh, was super fun. Uh, yeah, it was it was cool. Like, uh, really enjoyed a lot of. Uh, the ideas that people threw out there, the way that they utilized the the different uh, the different assets and things that we included, uh, yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, so that was what was different with uh, with this jam was that we went through and picked a bunch of assets, pre made assets. The fun, one of the fun parts for me um, playing through the games afterwards um, was we did uh, we provided like mostly Kenny NL, uh, which is like a if you go to their website, they have tons of free assets you can use for even commercial games. We used a bunch of their assets for art, but then sound. Um, we had Chris Kirk make some uh, music for us, and he always does just such an awesome job. Yeah. Uh, so it's fun hearing his, his music in there. And then uh, some of your stuff, some of my stuff from previous games was in there. And it was yeah. really funny. Like, hearing those sound effects like that i made with my mouth and stuff yeah (laughs) in other games so i got i got a kick out of it and in some ways it was almost like dude having this like gdq asset pack like i don't even have to make a game necessarily like just seeing how people use these is fun enough (laughs) yeah for sure um yeah overall good time for me i uh made my first game with godot by myself uh, and I made this little platformer game with a like one one bit where, where it's just black and white uh, asset pack, and that was pretty fun. Never made a platformer before, and uh, it was pretty basic. But I got like this guy jumping around, little enemies you could jump on, squash them, and then springs that you can use. And I kind of went a little overboard with the springs, where basically you have to land multiple jumps onto you know one after the other springs to get to the final platform and stuff so it got really hard um but it was a lot of fun i was happy with that and and since then i've been plugging away at godot just there's there's so many um youtube tutorials for godot out there it's it's actually pretty awesome i was considering picking up uh game dev tv you know they on on uh Udemy. On Udemy. They they have so much content now. They have it for like everything. And nice. they have several courses on Godot now. And I thought about picking one of those up, but then scoured the what's in YouTube and I don't know, there's just like dozens and dozens of long series on there. So maybe I should pull those up and share them with the group. But yeah, and what's really cool about game de- game dev TV now is that uh, one of our homies from way back in the early days of GDQ, Tim Ruswick, he uh, is one of the uh, 
instructors now, right? Yeah. Uh, one of the presenters. So I actually went back uh, recently looking because I thought he was doing a Godot uh, course. I actually was yeah. just looking for Godot courses and his name was attached to one. And then it was like also part of Game Dev TV. I was like, whoa, that, that's awesome. And so I tweeted at him and everything saying how cool it was. And since then, I can't find it. So I don't know if it was like a fluke or something. Well, maybe they're like making it, but it's it wasn't supposed to be public yet or something. Oh, <laughs> I guess. But um, yeah, love Game Dev TV. They make really good stuff. Yeah. You know, they kind of really got us rolling the ball early on. So yeah, literally. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was fun. Um, probably have another game jam in a couple months. That's like one of the staples keeping us limping along. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, God, what else happened? Anything big happen to you since the game jam ended? I know that uh, you've kind of hopped back into the dev chair a little bit since finishing uh, Hundred Days of Code. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know if I talked about hundred days of code on the podcast, but that was, that was because it's been a hundred days <laughs> no, it's been forever. That was super rewarding. But after, after I finished it, I kind of, I don't know. A little I, burned I, out maybe. Yeah. I got, I got a little less disciplined maybe. Um, but at the end, the tail end of it, I started learning Godot and then we did the game jam. And I think after that, I kind of sat out for a little bit, but I'm still trying to plug away. Not really, haven't really done anything exciting with it. Um, I've had like a couple of times where I'm like, all right, I'm going to start a game. And then I open Godot and I sit there with like a blank project for like an hour and I'm like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> um, yeah. Blank projects are the most daunting though, you know, like, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's any sort of way to like, much more difficult, I imagine, when you're working within a, like a particular game engine or something like that. But like, you know, when I'm when I'm working on Fruity Loops to like make music or something, like, there's no way I can start from a clean template. You know, like I, I've started going into Fruity Loops sometimes when I'm feeling like making music, but I don't know where to start, and I'll just like create a couple different templates. Mm -hmm. And so next time I'm feeling, I can sit down, I can open up that template, and it's got instruments and it's got inputs and it's got. Yeah. things that i need to just get rolling like right away it's totally. like, so helpful to have because then i'm not wasting time like how does this sound sound because i've already vetted it you know it's like yeah well one nice thing about godot is um if you open it up they have kind of this launcher thing um where you can create a new project and things like that and they have um what are called templates and it's kind of like the the unity asset store um and you could just like search for different keywords or projects. And then you see these templated projects that people have completed and you can open them up, look at all their code, look at all their assets and everything. And um, so I did kind of go through that. So one of the games that I wanted to make um, was a card game, uh, kind of a spinoff of Cribbage. And the hard part for me was just like, I was able to make Cribbage in Monogame uh, for the most part, because I sort of understood that and you're building everything from scratch, but I didn't know how to fit it into like the confines of the Godot engine because they have all these like, um, they're called nodes 
they have all these pre-built nodes that have different functionality, kind of like components in, in Unity. And I didn't know like what were the proper nodes to build this in, you know, and, and you know how it is, like you get started and you kind of have fear of making a mistake right at the beginning. That's going to like ruin you for the rest of the project. So I ended up just kind of scrapping it, but, um, but I browsed through these templates for card games and, and, you know, they have several in there. So I pulled those up and started examining the code and everything got a little bit better of an idea. But what I'm kind of trying to do right now um, is go through a bunch of the tutorial series and build up a bunch of example projects myself. Um, that way I can go back and look at it. Like um, there's this one guy named Heartbeast who uh, has some pretty quality tutorials. And I went through a couple of his series and now I can just go back. Like one of them is an ARPG and it's not finished or anything, but he gives you like all the mechanics for character movement and combat and tiling systems and all that stuff. And I can just go back if I'm not sure how something was done and look at what he did. And that sort of helps me like springboard a little bit, but yeah, it is hard to start something new in an, in a like environment that you're not yeah super comfortable with. So that's where I'm trying to get. I just want to get comfortable with it, know more about it to, to yeah. work on stuff on my own, but I don't know if I'm there yet. Well, you know, it, and more so than that too, I have the same problem with like a blank page, like if I'm writing or if I'm just doodling. Totally. So like, you know, I, I'm, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I'm like really big into like carrying notebooks around and, yeah. um, and I just carry different notebooks around all the time. And, um, sometimes when I'm feeling like bogged down, I'll just start like marking the page. And uh, if I have something that like looks too pristine and I'm like worried about like ruining it or ruining the order of the journal, like I'll just go through and like mark it and do different things just to like remind myself like, Hey, like the reason you have this is to be messy and get things down. Like <laughs> not to like keep this pristine legible thing. You totally. Know? It's yeah. Just, it's the same thing with a blank page. Like if you're writing or something, it's like, just write, man. Like yeah. when I, I used to do, um, when I was like really focused on maximizing word count and stuff for like NaNoWriMo back in the day, mm -hmm. like I'd go back through after NaNoWriMo and like make edits to stuff that I was working on. And I'd have like an entire paragraph of like, what do I write next? What do I write next? What do I write next? But I just kept <laughs> typing to like keep the juices flowing. Yeah. You know? It's that, kind of that same concept. Right? So it's like, I don't know. It's the same thing. I imagine like I'm thinking back to all the times that we really started brainstorming a game, you know, it's like you kind of get in there and get sloppy, get things messy, and then you just go for it. Right. Kind of start refining as you go. And Yeah. That, that's something that I, I kind of struggle with that getting started. It's sort of like the um, paralysis you get. Yeah. And every idea is perfect until you start working on it, you know, right. Like, <laughs> it's like a big problem. Like, um, you know, and I don't know. I don't know if I talk about writing too much on this game dev podcast or not, but it's kind of like my main sort of like creative focus anymore. Yeah. And uh, we've been talking about it in the in the um, in the Discord server and things like that. But um, uh, oh my god, I just had a massive brain fart. What did you just say? <laughs> I was going to respond about paralysis. To it. Uh, yeah, paralysis. <laughs> 
Oh, this is going to kill me because it's right there, but I Dude, can't stop it and listen to see, it. See, <laughs> we're having paralysis right now because we aren't podcasting enough. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, oh, oh, yeah, about about the idea being like precious before you start. You know, it's like every yeah. idea is like perfect before you start. And so like most people like, you know, I follow the same way I'm, I'm really plugged into a lot of the game dev uh, groups and stuff on Discord and Reddit and Twitter. Uh, I'm plugged into that world for, for writing as well. And like so many people come in and I'm, and it's the same thing for game dev in a way, but they go, Hey, I have this, I have the idea, the idea. It's going to be my Lord of the Rings. It's going to be my, you know, magnum opus. Yeah. And they've never written anything before. In fact, like they've never even like creatively written for fun. Right. But and, and it's like weird, I swear. It's like the longer they put it off, the longer they get to keep this precious dream alive. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of people, it's like they just don't want to commit to anything until they know what the process is going to be. <laughs> what do they got to put it in? You know? Yeah. I, I feel like the same could be said of, of a lot of game dev people. They come in and they have like the idea for. Oh, game. absolutely. When in yeah. reality, like the people that are that are you know making successful games and stuff not that it's all about success but they're the ones that are making a lot of games too right people that make the the people that are selling successful books are the ones that make a lot of books or make a lot of writing at the very least you know yeah well and and something that i've been struggling with recently trying to kind of get back into game development is like i i almost feel a little bit entitled um because at one time I was super dedicated and disciplined and consistent doing it and coming back to it after not really, I don't know, not being super focused on it for probably like a year and a half, uh, coming back into it, it's hard and I've forgotten a lot and I'm not as good as I was. And and I, you know what I mean? I, I feel like, okay, I'm going to start this project and it's going to be awesome. And, I remember how fun it was and like pixel art is awesome. And I was, I was getting pretty good at pixel art and I opened, you know, pixel edit again. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is so hard. And this takes so long. Yeah. Uh, it, it gets kind of discouraging, but it's fine. Like sometimes you gotta, you gotta sort of reinvent yourself and re retrain up those skills that you used to have. Yeah. Um, you know, though, and then I, but I find that those moments are the moments where the creativity is more pure as well. Like, do you ever, do you ever find that? Like, what do you, what do you mean? Uh, okay. Like, for example, maybe not pixel art, but um, like picking up the guitar, you know, it's something I do a lot, but if I haven't played in a long time, like sometimes what happens is I, as I'm, I play a lot mm-hmm. and I begin to shoehorn myself into a specific direction because totally. I, I'm working on something. I want it to go this way. So I'm practicing these stylings or I'm practicing that or this or the other. And I kind of shoe my horn myself in to sounding a certain way, which is fine. Like everybody has their own style. But if I put it down for a few months and I pick it up, I find that the creativity that I had, um, you know, when I was younger, which is something I, I'm very envious of, like my high school self, it's just how much creative, more creative musically I was. Yeah. It's like I find it in those moments before I kind of pick a direction again or like pit, like start zeroing in on something or getting tunnel vision on something. I find those like creative purity moments. Dude, um, it, it sounds like you're saying that 
if you take a break and come back, you have refreshed your beginner's mind, right? Yeah, is that a thing? Is there science behind this? Did we just invent this? <laughs> no, it's got to be a thing, right? No, I, mean, a I mean, beginner's mind is a thing for sure. Um, but Well, and there's, there's you know, it's, it's common advice to writers that when you fan- finish a manuscript, like after NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month, you, you're supposed to put it in a drawer and not think about it yeah. for a month. You're supposed to go work on the next thing mm-hmm. and come back. And so when you come back, it's fresh. The 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 darlings that you've created, that you've harbored in your heart, are less dear. And so cutting them and murdering them, um, you know, the darlings being the things that weigh in your mind and heart as being like pivotal or cool or awesome mm-hmm. and you don't want to cut them, you know. Uh, but you come back and it's like, oh yeah, you can slash those things, no problem. Like, <laughs> yeah, you you get that little bit of distance that you needed from it, so that yeah. you're not so attached or like blind to some of the yeah. flaws. Yeah, yeah, you know. So it's like it's. I wonder if that's like a similar thing. Um, uh, probably. Um, I would say pro- especially with with pixel art, maybe. Um, because at least for me, I feel like I have this kind of style that I repeat a lot, like. Yesterday, I made this little character, um, and I don't know. Then again, the style kind of crept back in, but I was going to say, like, maybe taking a break, you you aren't necessarily going to follow that t- that styling uh, like you would have if you would have just continued, but I don't know. Right. Then again, I just kind of, like, rehashed it, and it looked about the same <laughs> as it used to. Yeah. <laughs> but still like maybe there's something like i don't know yeah you know. but but no i think i think that that's uh a worthwhile point that um having that kind of that break lets you probably uh break down some of the barriers that you may have had if you were just like beating your head against the wall for a while right you know, yeah. and and that's part of I bet why they say that teaching something is is a great way to get better at something. Oh yeah, everybody hits a plateau when they get to a certain skill level, mm-hmm. and teaching you allows you to examine a well some of the fundamentals, but b examine some of the more common mistakes that you have been you may have been making without being aware of it. Yeah, totally. You know, that that's really common for I think musicians in general. Like I think it's like it's pretty standard for uh martial artists that when you get to a certain skill point like you should start teaching martial arts yeah um even if you're not like a grand master you should begin teaching it because it's going that's the way that you advance yourself um totally i I, I mean i think that's even part of the belt system in martial arts but i could be wrong um so, so yeah, so, uh, w- so I guess what I'm hearing with this is that, because one of the things that I know we've been struggling with is like this idea of burnout, right? Mm-hmm. Like we talk about that in the discord a lot. Oh man, I'm feeling burned out. I'm feeling drained. Like, is there a way to take a break and step back from something that you're burned out on and like come back to it without too big of a break, without too big of a mental gap and feel a little bit more refreshed and inspired, you know? Yeah, I... <sighs> I don't know. Part of me thinks that if you do take that step back, obviously like it's important to give yourself enough time, but also not, not taking too much time Yeah. because then you, I don't know, you almost, at least for me, yeah, you lose it. 
you lose it, you kind of feel like, oh man, like I have to start all over again, all this stuff. You get kind of stressed out about that. So I, I don't know, take, take a couple of weeks and, and try to come back and then maybe like set yourself some limits. Like what I'm trying to do right now is just if I do anything in a day, if it's 30 minutes of, you know, watching a tutorial or whatever, like I should be, I should be happy with that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sometimes that's all I do. You know, obviously like I'm big into creating music and things like that. Like sometimes I won't, I won't even touch an instrument or, or open my DAW. I'll just watch YouTube videos about using my preferred DAW or YouTube videos on mm-hmm. certain techniques for the guitar or, or rhythm making or you yeah. know, something like that. And I, so and often that's enough for me to like feel pretty good about it. And I, I usually come away a little bit more inspired too. Yeah. You know? It's a lot more, I think it's easier to do that with music than it would be like, you know, coding or <laughs> yeah, like that. For sure. A little, becomes a little bit more academic at a certain point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I don't know. Another, another thing that I've been, trying to do is um sort of just take my time and and enjoy games because i don't think that i've done that in a long time yeah and uh yeah i took a page out of your book i did the same thing yeah um, i'm i'm dude i'm so happy to see you playing more games more often because it's something that like you know our, our friendship really kind of i think blossomed around games early on totally and uh you know when um when Taylor's not playing games, you know, it just feels like the world ain't right. So yeah. Uh, seeing you going back to basics and like kind of, and also, you know, I think you and I have a tendency of like getting carried away with competitive games and stuff. Absolutely. So seeing you, uh, seeing you uh, sit in and play a lot of single player games and stuff and kind of respark that joy is like been really fun for me too. Yeah. Um, so what, what have you been playing? Um, well, so for a while there, I was playing little wood, uh, I need to beat that still, but I kind of got to this end point in the game where it's just kind of a grind. Got a little bit tired of it, but the main game that I've been playing, I, f- I finally beat Pillars of Eternity 1, yeah. um, which we've talked a little bit about. Um, I I stopped, like I had beaten the, the main quest, um, and I stopped a little bit after that because um, once you beat the game, it just ends. And you can't go back. You have to like, you have to reload a previous save. And I had the expansion packs as well, and I wanted to play through them. So I had to like, I beat it. Then I reloaded my save right before I beat it. And then I went and beat the expansion packs. And once you beat the expansion, the same thing happens. So I can't like have one game where I have both and and bosses beaten, which is kind of annoying. Kind of sucks. Um. But, it's almost like there's a superior game out there where you could go and beat all the bosses in one place. <laughs> like, what tyranny? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's on my list, bro. I'm gonna get to it. But there's a bunch of different bosses in that game, and depending on your playthrough, you 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 generally just fight one. But there is an ending where you can fight them all. No, <laughs> and I did that without realizing it. I was like, why is this so hard? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, so. Pillars is kind of the first, I would say it's the first game that I've been into that's in that style. Yeah. I've always wanted to be into like Baldur's Gate and stuff like that, but I just never had yeah, the patience are... for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Pillars does a really good job of, I mean, the action's super fun and the story is 
is really the good writing too. Is, the writing is, is really notch. good. The characters are really enjoyable. Yeah, and um, your the your actions like really make a difference. Yeah. Um, so, um, you described it the other day at our game night, um, and you described it the exact same way I've been describing it, which really made me happy. You're like, yeah, it's like an old school RPG, but like upgraded with all these like modern sensibilities. Like, totally. The dialogue system is much more modern. The fighting system is mo- like there's there's aspects of it where it's like, oh man, could you imagine playing Neverwinter Nights with these features <laughs> in it, which yeah. don't feel like they should be a stretch to implement, you know? Right. They're just it's just adding some cool little things to uh, to the game to make yeah. it more enjoyable. Well, and that's where like after I beat it, I was like, I don't know what I should play. Should I play Pillars Two? I don't know. And then I started playing Pillars 2 and it's like even better than Pillars 1. Yeah. Uh, and so I've been pretty hooked on that the last week. Um, yeah. But I got a whole stack of games that I want to get through. All of them single player RPGs pretty much. Um, and then you have been talking to me a lot about games you've been playing because you've been crushing games that I've uh, Slaying them, dude. sort of played but never finished. And so after you telling me about how awesome Hyperlight Drifter was. I went and bought a controller. And <laughs> Have you been playing that? I've been playing Hyperlight Drifter a fair amount. Not as much as Pillars 2, but um, that's because Pillars 2, I can just relax and play it. And Hyperlight Drifter, it's like pretty challenging for me. So I got to be yeah. in the right mindset. But God, that game, dude. So good. So good. Atmosphere. Like Why am every- I so behind the curve? Dude? Everything like- about it, man. Yeah. The, yeah. the intro cutscene. Like, savage oh my god it's so good the artwork is it's like really rough but good and there's no sound effects it, there's just like this compelling music behind it that's sort of like i don't know dark yeah, electronic very, very, and slow i felt very, like i was watching dark. like a silent movie that was made this year or something um yeah so yeah it it just really gripped me and got me in. So I'm, I'm going I got to say that. like, that's, that was my favorite aspect of hyperlight drifter is like, there is no real text dialogue or explanation for anything. Yeah. Um, I was thinking so about that too. Immersive though. And that's, I feel like it's such a good strategy for that game too, because like it's accessible everywhere. They could sell yeah. in every country and they tell the story through pictures, you know? Yeah. I mean, the only, <laughs> the only real text in the game is like your dis- new game. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Maybe it's like it's... describing they'll, they'll say like, pull the trigger to shoot or like yeah. do this to do that. And that's it. You know, like the, yeah. Like the fourth wall stuff. Yeah. 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 Mm. So, and it's been fun. I, I like when you uh, have been texting me and have been like, bro, I just beat Banner Saga. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Dude, yeah, like um god, yeah, Hyperlight Drifter really really kicks it off for me cuz I picked it like, you know, so I bought a Switch last year. Yeah. And I haven't I, I played it a lot, but I haven't had a chance to like I felt like I had to limit my library to like not get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that's true. I really wanted to like focus on beating Breath of the Wild before I did anything mm-hmm. else. But man, I kept thinking like I just wish there was a game like I could play without worrying about you know learning too much without like I just want to grab the switch and play. Yeah. 
Hyperlight Drifter was on, and I kind of remember struggling with it on Steam, just from having to sit at my PC to play it, you know, even with a controller. It's like mm-hmm. I had to sit at my PC to play it, or, or my laptop, but... And I thought, all right, well, it was on sale for like a few bucks, picked it up, turned it on. Of course, like I got my headphones on, I'm holding it right in front of my face. Man, I get gripped just from that cutscene. And then I'm going and it's like, oh, okay. Like I realized in one sitting, like I'd gotten further than I'd ever gotten on PC. Yeah. And the game was like really clicking. I was kind of like figuring out different things. I was like, oh, okay. Like this is how the game is played. This is how you explore the map. This is how you do this. And you just, you just begin figuring things out and you take this like sense of ownership in it. I've talked about this a lot on the podcast about this idea of like how games used to be played when we were kids, you know, not everything was accessible on the internet to just go look up and watch a playthrough or like do stuff like that. Like sometimes you figured it out and when you figured it out, you shared it with your friends and like, that's part of what made playing the game like really great. I think that's part of like what makes dark souls really popular is that there's an aspect of like, you're not going to figure out the entire game on your own. Like you got to get your friends to help you to yeah. like, tell you different things. And um, so when I was spending money on new games, like this is what I try to do is recreate that experience, like distill it down to that experience of like being a kid, you know, because when I was a kid, man, everything brought me joy. You know, mm-hmm. I think I've talked about this on the podcast a lot. I'm, I'm diverging a little bit, but I, so I focused on that and I was, and I was learning things about it and I was figuring it out and I felt it was so much more rewarding because I'd done it on my own. And like before I know it, dude, like one sitting, I beat like the first boss. I was like, oh shit, like was I supposed <laughs> to beat that boss? Like, I feel like I jumped the gun on stuff, you know? Yeah. But like, I was like, clearly I can. This is dope. This is awesome. And like, you know, I just kind of kept playing it, man. And I really got a feel for the the fighting mechanics and started really enjoying getting into fights and figuring out how to do it, like without taking damage and doing all the and managing the minimal resources that you have in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I, I started figuring out like how they're the secret areas and the maps and all that, man. But that, that sound design, when you get to that first boss, uh, at least one of the first bosses, I, th- I think he's one of the only ones you can get to at the beginning. I don't know for sure, but um, man, the sound design, when I got there, the music kicked in in a really cool way. And I was, I was hooked right then and there. Like, That's what I'm going to play. Till I beat it. Like the, I don't know what the soundtrack overall sounds like, but the way that the sound was designed makes it so immersive. Yeah. Like it's, I don't know. It, it's probably one of the best that I've, I've heard in a long yeah. time. It, 100% it, agree. it fits the theme that they have going so well. You feel like you're in this sort of like cyber dystopian yeah. land that's been like ravaged by, I don't know, something. It, Giant monsters or whatever. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, just playing it and seeing it and feeling uh, like the emotions that that game makes me feel like. Yeah. It, it really inspires me. I want to, I definitely want to make art and games that make people feel the way that I felt about that game. Yeah. For sure. I mean, and that's the thing, man, in that opening cutscene when when there's when he's standing up on that like stairway and like all those giant monsters are there. Mm-hmm. Like that looks so dope, dude. It's so evocative. It reminded me of like watching anime as a kid, like Neon Genesis Evangelion or something. Yeah, like totally. Um, but yeah, man, the first thing I did when I beat the game, I watched the credits and found the composer and like went and followed him on Twitter and nice. Um, <laughs> It's just so good. The music was so good and addicting, and 
and the game is just so streamlined and feels so good and yeah um, and each different section of the map uh because it's kind of like four zones kind of is like unique enough to like keep it interesting and um yeah and 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 it's fun because as you explore you get points and you can go and and unlock different abilities and things that just make it that much more like I probably could have played the game exactly as it was, but having mild upgrades <laughs> that you could buy was just like it just made it that much more addicting, you know. Totally. Um, yeah, I I had played a little bit on PC before, and it was really hard for me with keyboard and mouse. Um, yeah. And I didn't I didn't make it far enough to even look and know that there were upgrades, but um, having the yeah. controller really helped. Like I got stuck. There's this one spot when you go to the east. Um, it's like one of the first kind of dungeons you get in where there's these like plants that you hit that blow up. And then also like these big, these big plant monster things that like like shoot at you. And yeah, yeah, they're like, they're pretty hard to kill. And there's like three of them. And I remember playing that like on stream one time, like two years ago. And I played it for like 30 minutes and I just couldn't beat it. So I quit. And uh, I got to that same part with mouse and keyboard before and had problems with it as well. And then I plugged my mouse or my controller controller and I beat it like in two tries or something. So part of it is just figuring out like that. Again, it comes down to like the part that makes the game really rewarding. It's like you figure out how they attack and how to do it. It's like, I do the same thing happened to me. I remember getting in the first time when you fight those guys and two of them spawn at like basically the same time, like you're fighting one and then another one spawns. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right by where that module is, kind of above you. you yep. Know? I bet we're yep. talking about the same place. Exact yeah. place. Yep. <laughs> Dude, I, that's where I stopped playing on on PC before too, and and this time I probably tried it like five or six, seven, t- eight times before it clicked what I had to do. And then when I did it, I was like, oh, hell yeah. And then every time I had to fight those guys, dude, I yeah. was just so savage. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's a technique, and, and it goes through your brain. It's like muscle memory. You know? Yeah. It's like when you're playing Dota and you're like, oh, here comes this guy. Here's how we beat this guy. Right. You know? Here, here comes this hero. Yep. Um, you know, you just you you plug it into your fucking database of like, how do I destroy <laughs> the person? You know? Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, there's like, I, there's one part where you got to fight like six of those things at once. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can just, imagine. Like, and I just uh, port back to the thing and go back so I can do it over and over and over and just. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Yeah. I uh, love that game. Gonna have I mean, to I, I, it. I felt I felt really bad because I felt I was so plugged into the game and just like different tactics and strategies and stuff. Like by the time I got to the boss, I like mistakenly beat him. Like I didn't like. Oh really? Like I just destroyed him. Like yeah. I died once, and I was like, "Oh, here's what I have to do," <laughs> and then <laughs> killed him without taking any damage. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> Again, dude, uh, that's that's why that game's so perfect, though, because it just trains you for that moment like yep. so well. I'm, yeah. I'm not saying I'm good. I'm just saying like it trains you for that moment. For sure. Um, so anyway, if you guys haven't played it, go pick up Hyperlight Drifter. If you have a Switch, it's a must buy when it uh, goes on sale. I mean, I think like there's like a physical release too. So if that's important to you, like go buy the physical release if you want. Yeah, they I saw have a that Hyperlight too. Drifter special edition that looks really cool. Um, so yeah, anyway, Hyperlight Drifter was like what really got me hooked. And I was like, what should I play now? And I, I Google some things and somebody's like, hey, you know, like, why don't you play Hotline Miami? Which like I had bought on Steam and like could never really play or get into because I just didn't really care about the aesthetic. And uh, honestly, I will say I still don't. I really don't care about the aesthetic still. Um, 
But it's, yeah, I go ahead. I was gonna say, isn't it just like the sort of eighties? Uh, yeah, but retro um, theme, whatever. Like, yeah, like it's eighties, it's retro, it's Miami. You know, at the peak of like Scarface days. Yeah. Um, but dude, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to describe when you see it. It's the game plays great, exactly as it should. And there's just something about it I didn't care for. And the controls are like actually really bad on Switch. I found. Um, oh, that's I did not like them at all. And maybe it'd be different with a, <laughs> a pro controller, which I got. Um, but I will say, definitely worth a playthrough um, because it doesn't take that long and I beat them both. Um, there were some parts where I was like getting ready to like throw my Switch across the screen though. Because like some <laughs> of the bosses, like the boss fights are not really... I don't know, man. After playing Hyperlight Drifter, it was really hard to change gears. Like there's like maybe two or three boss fights throughout the whole game. And they basically just like instant kill you like anybody else can. You know, if you get shot in that game, you die instantly. It's all about planning your strategy through these different buildings, picking off different people so that they don't get you. Um, And so it's kind of like a puzzle game. It's action stealth game. And so some of the bosses, like you just have to avoid getting one shot by them immediately. Like one of the main bosses in the game, like I. Like literally had no it was like okay you beat this first section then the second one happens and they just kill you instantly so then you have to start over and do it again and it was really hard to beat the first one so then you beat the first one again and the second one just kills you instantly and you're like okay i guess i have to dodge that <laughs> it, it took me like a hundred tries it was so bad um the second one expands on that in a much better way in a kind of a more fun way um so anyway, the whole the whole story short, I'm kind of selling the game short. It's definitely worth a play if you get them on sale. Um, both were really fun. Both were really challenging in a positive way. Like, obviously, I couldn't put it down because I've been in both back to back. So anyway, go check those out. Hotline Miami. Yeah. And the music is okay. It's all 80s-tastic and stuff. And I can see why the game was a big hit. I remember like Hotline Miami came out like when I still had a roommate. It's so probably like 2012 or something. Oh, else. okay. So it's it's pretty old at this point. In fact, I got Steam in front of me. Let's see what's up. Um, well, and if this helps right anyone, now. I don't know if you do this, Rhett, but for me, it's like a big thing when I'm trying to figure out what game I should play. Yeah. Uh, HowLongToBeat.com says Hotline Miami main story takes five hours and second one eight and a half. So they're pretty short games. That sounds about right. I probably yeah. played Hotline Miami, yeah, probably like six or seven hours the first one and then probably like 10 the second one. Yeah. So, um, but it's it's really fun. Um, and actually, looking at the pictures, I think I was too hard on the aesthetic. Um, dude, I might have this game. Everybody does, dude. <laughs> it looks kind of familiar. I bet I got it in a humble bundle a long time ago. <laughs> say you have it. Okay. So yeah, you probably don't on Steam. Um, maybe you have the second one. I don't know. I'm looking at the first. But anyway, so. That was fun. Uh, and then I was looking at, like, I really wanted to play something that had, like, a level of persistence to it, right? Um, so I hopped on, looking around for different things, and I was thinking, like, man, XCOM had that level that I really wanted. Like, this game had that stuff that I really wanted. And uh, I settled on Banner Saga because it was on sale. And, you know, Taylor was like, yeah, I didn't really enjoy it. I was what? like, oh, great. <laughs> I did enjoy it. I just, uh, it got it got pretty repetitive. I liked the fight the fights a lot yeah once um, you figure out how the fights work dude you just 
blast your way through the game. Yeah. The fights the thing, are really intimidating at first, but... The one thing I really liked about that game is, like, my laptop is a convertible, so I could just flip it into touchscreen mode, and you don't need, yeah. like, you don't need yeah. anything. So I was just playing like it was on a tablet. It worked great. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. My Switch has touchscreen too, and there's a couple times I use it for that, but just for like dialogue options and things, but um, yeah. and touching around the maps. Um, overall, I was really pleased with Banner Saga. It plays almost more like a visual novel in some regards. Totally. Where like your choices have like really dire consequences, and like uh, the game is best played, like just let your consequence, like the consequences of your actions lie and just play through your game. Yeah. Uh, because, dude, it gets <laughs> grim and dark really fast. Yeah. And uh, and it's composed the the score is by uh, Austin Wintry who also did like Journey he did Abzu and things like that he's one of my favorites, um, and of course for those of you interested in the persistence it ties into Banner Saga two and three you can port your save into those games so I already bought Banner Saga two but I haven't played it yet because I also just recently got Mario Odyssey so I'm probably gonna start playing through that and nice. I've been playing um, PC games and stuff because people kind of got me hooked. Um, <laughs> on doing all that like playing tyranny again so yeah yeah one other thing i love about banner saga is the the artwork it looks like hand drawn um, uh yeah oh god the artwork is gorgeous dude it, and the it reminds me of, so of playing like a 1980s fantasy cartoon or something yeah like one of the old zelda or like the um i think that like zelda 2 kind of had that uh no not that one there was one uh, there was a different zelda i can't remember what it was but it had that hand-drawn vibe same with like uh what was that game dragon slayer or whatever it was like that oh yeah yeah like dragon slayer totally um yeah it was gorgeous man it looks so good and the characters are compelling the decisions were super hard i mean man i played through and the game makes you just like i was like okay here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna be this honorable guy i'm gonna go through (laughs) but like honor quickly wears out like you gotta and then you start making the hard decisions and you're making the decisions that you think are right and they're hard and they're tough (laughs) yeah they they're wrong too like oh god (laughs) i don't think there's a single right choice in the entire game if i'm being honest like yeah which is one of the compelling things about it though like you feel really drawn to succeed and you can do that in the battles, but it's just a game of attrition all the way through. Yeah. Um, I managed to get through the boss and, and, and do pretty well. I mean, I, I made through the game without dying once, which felt really positive. Um, but dude, the storyline is so grim and dark. Like you find out like, you know, one of these characters, he's legendary amongst his people, but he he ran away to hide. And when you find out the reason why he went to hide, why he didn't claim his like rightful place is like the hand of the king or whatever. Oh God, that's so dark. But <laughs> it's so satisfying in a way, you know, too. Like um, yeah, as the game pans out, it's just so so enjoyable. So I'm really, really looking forward to um Banner Saga 2. Um, nice. kind of just taking a break from my switch at the moment but yeah so blasted through all those a little bit and um which doesn't sound like much considering some of them are just a few hours long but uh, now nah, dude that's a lot of stuff i get through like one game a year so yeah and all this <laughs> all this like game of the year biz that everybody's been talking about really has me wanting to kind of play hades which is um made by the people that did like bastion and transistor and um those games which I, I tried to play Bastion 2, but I couldn't quite get into it. But Hades looks pretty dope. So um, it was on sale on Switch, and I bought that as well, but I haven't played it yet. So Nice. Dang it. Um, you keep 
so another thing is Rhett's turning 30 tomorrow. Um, oh, yeah. And you keep you keep talking about these games, and I just saw that Hades was on sale, and I was going to buy it for you, but <laughs> you already <laughs> have it. <laughs> yeah, I have it on my Switch, so. It does look cool, though. You know, Taylor, I don't. if you really want to spend money on me, well, I don't know. I can't ask <laughs> you to spend money on me, so. <laughs> what were you going to say? I don't know. Now I'm thinking, like, is that really where I want somebody's money to go if they're going to buy me a gift? Because, like, one of the hard things about True. gifts yeah. is that, like, there's so many things that are, like, there's, there's so many things that, like, I want and, you know, like, in the digital space. Yeah. Um, but it's really hard to get, like, family and people to buy that because they want you to, like, have something to open up, you know? Um, yeah. Well, I tell you so, what, Rhett, I will um, donate some money to an animal sanctuary in your name. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. How about that? Perfect. <laughs> You're like awesome. Great. Thanks, <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> no, I'm just no, honestly, that'd be great. Like, because again, it's it's hard. Like, I, I hate being like, oh, no, you got to put it here. You got to do this. Like, so I don't know. It's really tough. But yeah, um, no, I, I actually really like that one. We may have talked about this, but our friend Kurt, uh, I think it might have been his birthday, at, or was his birthday, or I can't remember what it was. Uh, asked yeah, his charity. To vote. Yeah, to donate to different uh charities that he he vetted like three they were really good yeah yeah so i thought that was a cool way to do it and it's like for me i i don't need anything i don't really want anything so i would rather in the spirit of me your money go towards a cause that i believe in so i don't know for sure but like but i feel like parents and stuff like that they're like what no like we'll just give you money and you can do what you want with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for sure. Well, uh, before we wrap up, you got to tell me about your new obsession. My new obsession. <laughs> oh, you, you and your wife have been texting me constantly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know, Taylor. Are you a true fan of the game? Since you don't even know half the shit I'm talking about, like, dude. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. I I have grown up uh, watching this the show Survivor. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast at all, but like I love Survivor and I've watched every season at least once. I've Taylor's legitimately like the only like true fan of the game that I've ever met too. So I I've, <laughs> I've watched some of Australian Survivor, which is also really good. It's just really hard to like get um, mm-hmm. because it's like. I don't know. You can only get it in Australia or whatever, but, um, and so I got to say, dude, like, cause I feel like growing up, I would get sometimes made fun of for liking survivor. Oh yeah. I definitely. <laughs> and, made fun of you. Yeah. And so all of a sudden out of the blue, like a couple weeks ago, I don't remember if it was you or Bailey who texted me first, but th- th- like you guys were just like, Oh my god, Survivor is so good. <laughs> yeah. And so, then since then you've probably watched like eight full seasons. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, we started because like Bailey's uh Bailey's grandmother passed away. Um and it was pretty unexpected. And she was like, you know, I used to watch the show with her like when it first came out, you know, and it started like the year 2000 or something like that. Yep. 
Um, and she's like, yeah, we watched like the first season or two or something like that. And it was really fun. It was something I looked forward to. And she was scrolling through Netflix and they had two seasons on Netflix. And I think it was season 28 and season 20. That sounds um, right. Something like that. And so season 28 was, we did the seasons. They divided the tribes into brains, beauty, and brawn. Brawn. Um, and holy shit, like I came in late, probably like episode four or five, and we ended up watching that season like that day. Like, um, and I just remember like, you know, she kind of filled me in. She's like, this is what's happening. Like these people need to win or like their, their whole tribe is just going to disappear. Well, and then they pulled it out and this tri- the tribe that was like losing nonstop ended up like two of their players ended up making it to like final three, I think, or something or very close. Um, except that season only had like a top two. So that was kind of weird, but, um, but anyway, the whole point was, is that I was like, Oh wow. There's like so much like social intrigue to this game. Like, it's not what I thought it was like, yeah, man, you know, I, the way like, and you know, I, I made fun of Taylor a whole bunch, but man, the way, <laughs> and don't take this personally, but the way that you described it, like you didn't really do that part justice of like, I, the way it was in my mind, I swear. And the only place it could have got there was from you. Right. Like, I don't know. Cause I just, well, to, be, about fa- Survivor. to like, be fair, like by the time, let's see, by the time I graduated from high school, they probably yeah, had been on like, season 14 or something like that. Seven years. Yeah. 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 And that's around the time when it started like really amping up. Like the first time a hidden immunity idol came out. Yeah. It was like, it had to have been like season 10. And before that, everyone just did like straight strategy. And oftentimes it's like you you vote with your alliance to the end, like almost no one flips all this kind of stuff. Right. So but that dude, might have been what I thought because I was just like, okay, what do they, they just get the alliance and then they vote like straight down the lines. Yeah. But, but every so many like, wrenches thrown into it and the yeah. immunity adds to it. And then, you know, I was watching seasons with like Redemption Island and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so much. It just, like, Dude. And I was watching. I was like, "This shit is like Game of Thrones." <laughs> <laughs> like, reality TV is meets Game of Thrones. Yeah, bro. It is. That's that's like what keeps me coming back. Is like we talk about being competitive and stuff, and it's it's all about the strategy and like big moves and like these people kind of becoming legends and stuff yeah, you know dude, what i mean yeah. and like, it's it's pretty awesome and and um i don't know it's really well done overall and it is yeah um the only thing i'm kind of upset about in hindsight is i feel like it's a pretty in general kind of conservative show they sometimes they sort of push the boundary with social issues but it's like funded by mark burnett who uh was also like the executive producer of uh yeah the apprentice or something. The, Appre- the apprentice and basically like got donald trump on the main stage so mm. i have mixed feelings about that but yeah um, there is some like and there's a lot of like really overt like sexism totally uh, and the early like, seasons like i can't even believe this but one of the early seasons i don't know if this is if you've seen this one yet yeah they did literally literally divided by race oh not race yeah that's crazy i can't even it was probably like 2006 or something but i cannot believe that 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 happened 
and and occasionally like you run into situations that are are cringy oftentimes they're not necessarily condoned by the show but yeah. so, well it's and i, I had its missteps i do give the show credit for showing uncomfortable scenes like between players mm-hmm. like because they shouldn't i don't know maybe i'm wrong with this and people can feel free to disagree but it's like to me i was like well they put these people out here. This is the reality TV aspect. Like this isn't the show necessarily allowing it to happen. It's, it's, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's the it's reality. Just aspect. What is happening. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. Like, kind of really bad, like, sexism comments, and, like even some racist stuff, like, mm-hmm. and it's like, Oh man, you know, well, and, even, and even there's like, there's a whole stuff, like one of the worst villains uh, so far that I've come across is this guy, Russell, Russell hands. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, I enjoyed watching him play mostly just because I wanted to watch him fucking de- lose, you know, <laughs> yeah. but he played like two seasons in a row or something like that. And then his nephew came on the show and his nephew did pretty well with this like really weird, like reborn Christian thing going on. And he had like a lot of like guilt. I mean, it was quick, like me and Bailey were watching. It's like, oh, dude, this kid was like traumatized as a kid, like. Something yeah. really bad happened to him, and he struggles with it as a 19-year-old. And, um, dude, and then, his, like, Russell Hans comes to the finale, like, the, the closeout, the live one that they do. Mm-hmm. And, like, shit's all over him in front of everybody. And not a single one of his other family members came to support him. No one was there, Damn. you know? Yeah. So I don't know. There, there's a lot of aspects of the game where it's, like, part of me wishes that they didn't allow a platform for that. But on the other hand, that's, like, kind of the appeal of reality TV, too. It's, like, you're seeing sometimes trashy people. And I'm glad that they show us because it lets us know, like, oh, well, we don't want that person to go any further. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know. So I kind of struggle with that, especially, like, that was my big problem with, with Russell Hans's nephew, Brandon, was, like, he right away was, like, a super creep towards a girl like mm-hmm. watching her all the time, looking at her, gawking at her and then saying things like I'm a married man. And she literally did nothing to deserve it. You know, she's like, I'm a married man and, and, and she's tempting me. And so she has to go like literally voted her out because like she tempted him. Yeah. Like surprise, all the women barely wear any clothes. Right. Um, yeah. Well, and so for me, a hard part of watching shows in hindsight uh, is there is like, quite a bit of animal cruelty on the show like they typically always have chickens which one of the guys i'm watching now has uh people who uh were injured and had to leave come back on and like one of the guys was responsible for like killing a pig at one point yeah i remember that um and just like i mean that's that's part of it is the aspect of survival which they used to focus a lot on like there's episodes where people like killed sharks and stuff and i don't know I, yeah. I don't I I get why it's on there now, but it's hard to watch for me. Uh, yeah. In hindsight, I, I don't enjoy that aspect. So. For sure. Um. But yeah, I can see that. But it's that interesting said, too. It's, it is interesting how much the survival aspects like play into the game as well. Like that's a whole other factor of like making the right decisions and doing things like that. Like you know, I was talking with Taylor. Like one of the seasons I watched um, featured two. Uh, return players um, split between tribes. One was this guy Coach, um, and the other was this guy named Ozzy. And Ozzy was like a great survivalist, and he ended up getting sent to Redemption Island because 
he was a super powerful competitor in the challenges and could get individual immunity and things like that. Well, he he goes to Redemption Island and he flat out tells him, he's like, oh, you guys made a huge mistake. I'm going to go to Redemption Island. I'm going to knock out every <laughs> single person you send there. Guess what? Now I'm not feeding the whole tribe. I'm going to be alone. I'm going to fish every single day. I'm going to be full. I'm going to be content. I'm going to be training. And uh, when I come back from Redemption Island, you guys better be ready. And he freaking blasted his way through the <laughs> <Redemption> island. <laughs> It's oh, like man. the cheesiest, funniest thing I'd ever seen. And he ended up getting voted out right before the final three. He was like fourth place. And uh, every, they took a, they, you know, he was like, I don't think I have to ask. But like, you know, Jeff Post was like, if Ozzy made it to top three, he would win. And the crowd just starts screaming wildly. Uh, <laughs> I was like, dude, for sure. Like, what wasn't to love? Like, he delivered on his promise, you know. Yeah. He's like, he's like, you guys come out to Redemption Island. I'll make you a nice fish. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll catch you something nice. I'll cook it up for you. You go to bed with a warm stomach before, right before I send you home. <laughs> oh, man. So. so this is one thing that's really hard for me when, when we're talking about it is, like, I don't want to give you any spoilers. Yeah. yeah no, so I, I st- sometimes I, like, will write up a response, and it won't be anything direct, but I don't yeah. want to, like, give you any clues about future seasons or or anything yeah well, that was the other thing i kind of laughed because i was i was texting taylor about dude this guy looks like you oh man he's a power player i see him all, and then he got appendicitis and got taken off the island like the next episode oh yeah i forgot about that <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow uh, yep but anyway but, uh, so it's been fun uh hearing you hearing yeah, you i'm and Bailey really talk excited about it. to get to, i want to watch season 40 so bad but i feel like oh I can't god go yeah watching, like watch you gotta, all you know yeah i want to know the characters before we get there right like yeah because season 40 is a season only of winners yeah so uh which is so cool like I, I told taylor this but one of the things i really like about if anybody's ever on the fence is uh it really feels like the old school wwf in a way <laughs> like you get your heels and your heroes like categorized like right away like you know how a person's gonna play the game and you start kind of taking to people um and then the competitive aspect of like coming into the challenges. And then there's like the drama between it's like perfectly structured, dude, for somebody yeah. like me, I love formula. Totally. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. all it is at this point. Like I've seen <laughs> hundreds of people play survivor and I couldn't name more than probably 80 of them or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, Cause, well, Cause some of them go so quick and they don't yeah. matter. They're yeah. Like, and they're just they fodder say, basically. Yeah. <laughs> That was one thing. Like yeah. when I watched the Heroes vs. Villains, which was like season twenty, um, they bring they literally divided the tribe between hero players and like villainous players, and like so you had Russell and Boston Rob on one team, and Boston Rob apparently was a big favorite, and I was like, all right, this is kind of cool, and then he gets knocked out right away. I was like, oh shit, I want I that guy seemed like he was a fan favorite. Well, they brought him back for another season, man, and he took it all the way to the end. It was really cool <laughs> to see him actually like play really well, you know, like. Yeah, these people have reputations. Like at least, like you know, once you get, once you get to like when the jury starts getting put on and stuff, like that's when the characters start becoming memorable. Like, yeah. Um, well, and this is kind of why I was I was trying to get you guys to watch it in in order somewhat is because sometimes in some seasons they'll flash back to previous plays yeah. that people did and they'll give you spoilers. And there's like a couple notorious scenes that like uh that just get played over and over and over yeah um so 
Yeah. So I didn't want you guys to get spoiled, but I I do stand by. If you want to start, you should probably start at like season ten, and yeah. and go we tried. forward. It was so bad. Really? Yeah. Maybe, maybe like. And also, maybe the like, quality was like garbage. Like, yeah. So uh, maybe like season at, fifteen. Yeah, we'll I don't see. Somewhere we'll see. in there, and 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 keep going, or watch like uh one one season that doesn't bring anybody back from like a new. Yeah. A new uh, one, yeah. This one go forward. Well, yeah, okay, I was going to say, that's what we're on now. But yeah, they brought back three injured people right now. So yeah. um, there's definitely been a season where, yeah, like the season we watched right before this had no recurring players. Yeah, they. Um, there's more of those all, than not. Really underwhelming. Like, uh, and not not that the, not saying that, oh, I need to have characters that you know, but like uh, it ended up like uh, being kind of a, it was, it's probably my least favorite season so far. Um. And it was the one with that guy that I said looked like you got taken out with by appendicitis. And I think had he stayed in the game, it could have been a lot more interesting because he was like a master manipulator and played the social game like very well. Yeah. Um, And instead, like three people went to the top three who I thought were like the most milk toast. Like, yeah. I mean, you you get certain types of seasons too. You'll start you'll start picking up on themes. Like sometimes sometimes the group that plays they're all about like honor and and loyalty yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that and those ones aren't nearly as fun as um the other ones where like people just go all all the time they're breaking alliances and uh blind sides and everything so you'll right. start seeing patterns but you just never know what you're gonna get so you gotta keep watching <laughs> yeah yeah for sure so um and all i'm pretty sure all the seasons or almost all the seasons are on Hulu right now, but the original like five or six apparently have like copyright issues where they, they're missing some episodes because people were like singing copyrighted songs on it and stuff. So um, either way. Yeah. And we found some that are missing episodes, but it's not really all that bad. Like, so yeah, they always show recaps and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a completionist, so it bugs the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, not me. Not for Survivor. I just want to get to season forty. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, so that that's been our new obsession. We literally watch it every single night, and usually while I'm playing my Switch, which is part of how I got through so many <laughs> games. Because <laughs> nice. we well, we've been putting it on too. It's like we'll finish like a couple seasons like really quick. You know? They're so easy to binge. That's what we usually do. We don't yeah. watch it watch it while it's coming out like weekly yeah. we watch it in like two sittings yeah for sure it's so. much more enjoyable that way yeah although dude i was thinking about you in high school like watching this like week to week and i was like dude taylor had this figured out <laughs> dude, i used to i used to tape it every week i had yeah, like I the first like 12 seasons on vhs it was like yeah. probably it was probably like it was probably like I don't know, 30 or 40 VHS tapes. And oftentimes I'd have to because I'd have like sports events or whatever when it was on and then I'd come yeah. home and watch it. So that would yeah. see like Bailey and her grandma did that. It, for me, it was like, it's like me and my my mom for a long time. And then like in college, me and my wife started watching it. And since then it's like, you know, that's just yeah. something that we always do together. So for sure. Yep. Cool. Well, I think All that's right, a good place to bring us in for landing. Yeah, um, we survived. Yeah. So <laughs> if you guys, if you guys want to watch Survivor? Hop on, do that. Chat with us about. Ooh, we should create a. If we get enough people, we'll create a Survivor <laughs> channel. <on that. laughs> we can make a, G, a Discord Survivor game. 
See who Maybe we should start doing a Survivor podcast. You think there's one? There's probably oh, there, be, right? there is absolutely one. In fact, one. Of, so if you think I'm like super into it, one of my friends that I worked with at the city, um, he doesn't work there anymore. He is like a mod on the Survivor Reddit. <laughs> so um yeah there's a lot of super fans out there but interesting yeah uh but yeah there are podcasts um some of the previous players have have podcasts yeah rob yep rob's got one he's one of my favorites yeah that's wait oh, that's a different guy that, no, that's know. the other rob he was one of my favorites from one of the early seasons yeah, but... i've never seen him but he was cool. great in like season six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good for him. Yep. Well, ours will destroy them because we're a fr- we're fans. We're not douchebags. <laughs> yep. Anyway, point being right, is uh, go watch Survivor. Um, the second point being is that thanks for listening, y'all. It means a yep. lot to us. Um, a couple things I wanted to touch on is that uh, you know, podcasting. Uh, cost money to host and things like that and uh, you guys have been really awesome uh, supporting us financially through our humble affiliate um, and if you'd like to do so there's a couple uh, humble bundles that i wanted to shout out before we sign off uh, number one being the game dev map and level creator bundle uh, it's a software bundle that contains a bunch of tile sets and um, different maps and and background art and things like that it looks a lot of them look really great um there's like isometric tile sets. There's um, different like pop down, like adventure tile sets, dungeon tile sets, jungles. It's so cool. So go ahead and take a look at that. Um, and anytime that you use our, our affiliate link, bit.ly forward slash GDQ hyphen humble. Right? Yeah. Yep. I um, think so. <laughs> um, every time that you use that link, uh, a little bit of your purchase goes into our pocket and helps us pay for hosting, helps us pay to retain our domain names and things like that. Um, there's also the Maps Extravaganda Encore, which includes uh, the program's uh, car- campaign Cartographer 3 Plus, which is really good if you buy the top tier uh, one. It gives you a lifetime license to that um, to that program, which is really amazing map making software there's also a city designer one and top one dungeon designer one um and then there's some other things too that look really really cool uh like map collections and things like that very useful for dungeons and dragons campaigns very useful i've seen uh fantasy authors using campaign cartographer to make the fantasy maps that go at the beginning of their books so that's really cool so um you know that was something you're interested in could also support us um one other uh, bundle I wanted to talk about is um, is the uh, t- t- royalty free music. Uh, me and Taylor were looking at it, and like some of this stuff looks really cool. Obviously, it's more used for um, filmmaking and videos and things like that. But I don't see any reason why some of these couldn't be used in a game. And some of them sound really good. It's uh, a bundle. I think top tier costs twenty five bucks. It comes with probably like I don't know a lot of tracks, four hundred tracks. Of different types of music, different themes, things like that. And they're royalty free when you purchase them on Humble Bundle. So um, you can plug them into your game without uh, licensing them and things like that. Um, there's other services in which you can do that. But this is the one where a little bit of money can go to keep your favorite game dev podcast going on. So thank you so much for all of your help there. Um, for the rest of all of our links, you can go to gamedevsquest.com. 
And you can find your way to the Discord. You can find your way to our Twitter. You can find your way to the rest of our podcast feed. Uh, we really appreciate all the support. And uh, we'll be back next week, y'all. Appreciate it. Thanks, y'all. All right. Cute ad music. Yeah.